baby breathe. Hendrick games with a match. You saw 604, the number on that graphic on the Shiner Box spotlight. If he plays every game for the rest of the year, it's a dirt dunk! It's a dirt dunk! Look at the bitch. Back to another episode of Fall Tree Channel. This is Nishan. We're shooting a nice little podcast tonight. It's more like a micro pod. But just want to thank anyone who's been listening for the last year. It's can't believe it's been almost one year since we started this uh, endeavor that we had. Just three guys just trying to talk about the sport that they love. Uh, I know we haven't put out too many pods, but it's been a busy year. We've gotten a lot. We've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, so hope. Hope that you guys have liked what we've done. Tonight we got Sandeep on the line. What's good, everybody? The travel man, the man who keeps, uh, who's hard to lock down in any one state at a time. Okay, don't blow up my spot, okay? You don't have to tell people where I am. He's like uh, he's like the Jeremy Lin of, tra- of, okay. of, the, the, <laughs> of this dirty, podcast. <laughs> That's dirty. <laughs> the, the, tr- the true American journey, man. <laughs> well, knock on wood, I don't have a devastating knee injury. <laughs> but you know it's okay i'm sure your parents would have been more proud if you went to harvard anyway yeah probably they, I, <laughs> I ended up where they eventually wanted me to go anyway so yeah that's know, true it, it only took an extra eight years <laughs> um so tonight we wanted to do something a little bit different um i think as the year wraps up everyone's starting to talk about awards uh playoff previews and we'll, we'll do those things uh but i think tonight we want to talk a little bit about the the five most exciting teams uh, from our perspective and the teams that we're looking forward to either in the playoffs or for next season and the teams that have just been the the best uh, league pass watches for us. Well, let me let me let me clarify something first. What do you define as exciting? Is exciting just, you know, it's it's a it's a Wednesday night and you're looking for something to do and you see this team playing and you jump on, you know, league pass or for some of us that can't afford league pass on another website to watch these teams or it's exciting in terms of just like season long excitement season long drama um i think the biggest thing for me is just like teams that uh i like to i like to just put on a wednesday night i think that there's a lot of teams that have drama and i think that that's exciting in its own way but just teams that have either shocked me or teams that i like to put on because i like their grit or teams that look like they're just having fun out there i mean I think that in today's NBA, that's it's, it's hard to find nowadays. Just like teams that are out there having fun. Okay, I can rock with that. All right, uh, you want me to start off? Yeah, you give me your number one. Here, let's do this. How about we don't have the same top five? So, which if you if your number one is my number one, then I have to put my number two as my number one. So that way we get a good like solid, you know, ten teams at the end of this. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so. I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with top my my fifth my fifth highest is that fine? Fifth, all right, you guys fifth highest. All right, uh, the 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 number five team for me is the L.A. Clippers. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, you know this is a team that didn't have too many expectations coming into the season. Uh, they had some good players like Tobias Harris, but I really like what they've done this year. I mean, they have such a gritty team. I mean. Guys, like, in the beginning of the year, it didn't make sense what they were trying to do. They were trying to jam-pack, like, Avery Bradley having lots of minutes when he clearly wasn't the effective guy. And I think Doc has done an amazing job. But they're just they're just fun to watch. Like, 
you know, Mantra's hero came out of nowhere. Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing much better than he was before. Gallo, my future Nick, I mean, my past Nick rather, is sort of relevant again, you know, avoiding major injury this year. Um, Lou Williams is always fun to watch. This this team is just, uh, it's, it's kind of like the old school, old school, uh, Detroit Pistons team where they don't have like one alpha guy, but the, the the team works so well together. They have such good harmony that they're fun to watch. Well, so this team doesn't really have you know that high flying offense. So what what exactly is drawing to you uh, for to watch them on a Wednesday night? I think it's just that they they get it seems like they get along. You know, guys, mm-hmm. the the, yep. the Lou Williams obviously is their shot maker at the end, but he'll defer to Gallo. Uh, you got you got a guy like Montrez Harrell who fits perfectly in his role. You know, he's the rim runner, the hustle kind of guy. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who halfway through the season or a little bit earlier than halfway through the season, took over the starting job, and as a rookie point guard, like that's hard to do. And then you got guys like Andrew Shamit who just got to the team. Oh, and, I love Shamit. Yeah, and guys like Zubach who just got to the team, and like it feels like they just took him in and took him like family and. I don't know. They're overproducing, uh, overproducing what their expectations were, and I don't think they're going to get far in the playoffs. But I do love to watch their grit and grind every single day. These guys work hard on defense, play together on offense. I mean, I don't know what's not to like about the Clippers right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw on a Clippers game some nights just to see, you know, what kind of fight Pat- Patrick Beverly is going to get into because <laughs> you never know. You never know he's going to try to fight. That's true. Oh, that Beverly's a hothead. Well, I think he got into a fight with who, LeBron last time or something, or um, who was it? I think well, it, I, I, I think it was LeBron. Oh, I love the 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 undercurrent for this team as well. You know, like the the Zubach now taking shots at being at the better <laughs> LA team. Patrick Beverly saying that he's at the better LA team. Doc Rivers saying that. You know, he's already signed this quote-unquote extension because he's at the, on the right team. I, I, I love all that. And I think that the Clippers are doing exactly that. The team is, you know, it's they're so prideful on themselves. And I really like that. So do you think Bomber's making the right decision in, in staying in L.A. and putting that investment in that new stadium? Or are you in the boat that he should have probably moved down to San Diego or something like that? I, I think since Balls has taken over this team... Uh, Balls has been doing the good stuff, and I think that's why. Uh, <laughs> You're calling uh, him what, Ball? <laughs> well, you know that, that that it seems like that's what all of his friends call him. Uh, oh, your friends, uh, what's what, your friends what, with Bomber now? Okay. <laughs> well, Genie Bus calls him that. If you read, all right, if first you of all, report. first of all, Genie Bus and Bomber are not friends whatsoever. <laughs> well, you never know. They have that. Uh, when I don't know if you saw the report where Genie was talking about like Bomber trying to. Uh, you know, uh, get the new stadium, and how she was like very, very upset about it. And she was talking to like all the people on those those emails got leaked, and she kept calling him balls with a Z on there. So, <laughs> you know, might as well might as well treat him with respect. With, right. uh, what his what his colleagues are calling him, but sure. I, no, I think he's done a great job since he took over this team. And this team is just fun to watch, in my perspective. Okay, so if you're gonna take Clippers at five, then I'm going to take the Mavericks. For the one reason that everybody watches the Mavericks because of Luka Doncic, because I mean this kid does anything on any given night. You just never know what he's gonna do. I remember watching a Nets game a month ago, um, and I, I think it might have been the game that we blew him out. But it was like the end of the first quarter, um, and there's like three seconds left on the clock. You saw Luka get the ball, dribble it up, knew exactly what spot to get get to, and just launches it from 35 and switches and. Um, I, I think 
think he's going to be a league pass must watch uh, probably for years to come for now. Yeah, man. Luka Doncic, I mean, uh, you know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but you just look you just look back at all the teams that passed on him. Uh, and, you know, I think the rookie class is very, very talented. And I think all those guys will end up being uh, big factors in this league. But uh, Luka Doncic is just the kind of guy that could be the centerpiece in a championship team. And he's already showing that the few years of the few years of Euro ball that he was playing, like he's he's mature and his game is already, you know, a couple years ahead of any of those other guys. And not to mention, he's picking up moves throughout the year. Like that step back that he picked up from Harden, it's already mm-hmm. so filthy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when uh, next season that KP comes back, um, I, I think this team is going to probably become the top three most exciting team to watch next season. Wow, uh, that's bold. Well, I do, I do, uh, I do, uh, I am a little bit upset that we lost KP, <laughs> and uh, I hope that I hope that he ends up doing well for himself down there. So, what's going on with the with the Mavericks draft pick? I know they sent it to. Um, Atlanta last year, but is there any protections on it? Uh, so the I think I think it's top five protected. So if the Mavs are in the top five, then they get to hold on to it. So I think that they're really trying to push to get a couple of uh, a couple of wins here. Um, but the the ultimate th- thing would be for the for the Hawks if they fall in the top five on their own pick and the Mavs fall at number six or seven or something like that, because then they'll get the Mavs pick. Yeah, I think the Mavs are what number six right now. Uh, let's see, they are the so teams worse than them. My yeah. beloved Knicks. Uh, <laughs> second worst team would be the Suns. Third worst team is the Cavaliers. Fourth are the Bulls. Fifth are the Hawks. Yeah, the they're tied for sixth worst with the with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, and I think the Wizards might be like right behind them. Yeah, the Wizards are one game ahead of them. Yeah, so I, I would say theoretically by the end of the season, you're probably Mavs are probably looking at maybe the seventh or eighth pick, which would be ideal for for the Hawks. Yes, get a couple of good picks in this in this draft. I, I don't think that there's as many slam dunks in this draft, but I think they can get a couple of good role players to you know fit alongside the 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 things that the Hawks have going on. And to to segue to that, Hawks are. My number four team for most exciting, oh, okay. and I just think that the the t- the thing that the the exponential growth that Trey Young has had this year is remarkable. I mean, we knew this guy was going to have struggles on defense, and he has that, but his vision is unreal. The passes he's making are uh, already leagues ahead of any other rookie point guard, and and now we're getting to see. Ice Trey, his quote unquote nickname. I mean, he's 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 hit like three game winners in the last two weeks. This guy's just fun to watch. He's showing up. He's showing that he's here to stay, and he's making us. He's reminding us that this, uh, you know, that Luka Doncic didn't run away with the with the rookie of the year. He may ultimately win, but I don't think Trey Young is a joke. Uh, and I think you know, if this this coming up year, if they get another good draft pick like they've been drafting well, then. This trade may have actually been Atlanta's favors instead of the Mavs' favor, which is what everyone thought all year. Yeah, I remember during summer league and all the struggles that Trey had, everybody was just pointing and laughing at, at, at the Atlanta Hawks and just wondering how they could have ever traded Luka Doncic. Um, but now I feel like it's flipped. Now I think people kind of view Luka and Trey as kind of on the same tier. 
Now, I think at the end of their careers, I think Luca will have surpassed Trey by a mile. But, you know, that gap isn't as big right now. And when you kind of think about what they got in that trade, right? They got Luca, they got Trey, they got John Collins, and now potentially, you know, a, a top eight pick. So, um, you know, I agree with you. Atlanta is a very exciting team. Um, but I, I love I love what Trey's doing. I remember watching the game uh, last Sunday where he hit that game, the game tying uh, shot to take an overtime. And uh, yeah, I mean that's all I really have to say about the Hawks. Who you got number four? Number four. Now you took my number four, so I'm trying to scramble here. Uh, I kind of want to take the Lakers, but ah. to be honest, I would really only watch a Lakers game if LeBron was playing. So I can't really give it to him because there's no way I'm ever going to watch a Lakers game for the rest of the season. So I'm going to put my number four as the Thunder. Wow, Just, okay. Well, I mean, when you think about what, what, what's going on with them right now, or I think we talked about it earlier, since the All-Star game, Thunder have been second or dead to last in terms of offensive efficiency. They kind of tumbled from what I think at one point they were the third seed. Um, and we thought that they were going to at least be a very good contender to get to the the Western Conference Finals, um, and now they're at seven, and they were, uh, you know, for a little while looking at close to the eighth seed too. So, still love watching Russ play. Love watching what PG has done, even though his production's kind of cooled off, and he's probably not that, you know, top three MVP candidate that we all thought that he was going to end up being. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to watch the Thunder. Watch with Russell Westbrook is going to get another triple double, which again I feel like people are completely devalued uh, what Russell Westbrook is doing. Yeah, I mean, first player today. Today he clinched being the first player in NBA history to average triple double in three consecutive seasons. I mean, we were just talking three years ago that we don't think anyone's ever going to go to average a triple double, and that's one of those records that'll never be broken. And all of a sudden we're fast forward three years and this guy's done it three straight seasons i mean he might be he might be uh, sort of uh, pat, stat padding um a lot of the games especially that recent one that he tributed to to nipsey hustle but but he's still doing it he's still out there working hard every single day even if even if he's you know just getting rebounds that normally a center would get um and adams is letting him get those he still has to hustle up and down the court and I think that even if a shot isn't there, he's such a difference maker for that team that they're at least fun to watch because at any given moment, Paul George can get really hot and, uh, and and Russell Westbrook can either do amazing things or do really foolish things on the court and could get ejected at any moment because he's hot-headed. Yeah, I don't understand this whole notion of the stat padding thing. I mean, are we, are we really going to say that Russell Westbrook in the entire history of the NBA is the only player who ever cared about averaging the averages that he has now? If, if everybody could stat pad, everybody would do it, but not everyone can do it. And only freak athletes like Russell Westbrook, athletes who have the skill like Russell Westbrook, really do it. Um, and, and it's crazy to think that he actually clinched averaging a triple-double with four games left to go in this in this season. I think they have four left. And I remember, yeah. I think the first season he did, he had to go all the way till the final game of the season until it was actually yeah, confirmed. To, I think he had to get like 12 rebounds that like last game, and he got like 12 somewhere in the fourth quarter and so he's actually more productive this season probably you know a lot less efficient but um you know i think it's i think this season even been even more impressive than what he did two seasons ago for sure yeah uh sticking around in the western conference for uh my number three team and this team is sort of uh 
was more exciting in the beginning of the year and has gotten a little bit less exciting as they added up some injuries. But uh, the Sacramento Kings, um, the joke of the Western Conference <laughs> for for much of this this uh, this decade, um, they're really really fun to watch. I mean, this is this is a group of guys uh, prior to getting Harrison Barnes because I think he sort of made them a little bit less exciting in my opinion because he took away a lot of minutes from um, guys that I enjoyed watching, but. Uh, you got you got guys like De'Aaron Fox who took a big leap this year. Buddy Heald, who's proving that you know he's not a schmo. You know the uh, the whole the whole I don't I don't think that <laughs> the whole comparison of him being the next Steph Curry is true, but uh, especially now that Steph Curry can see properly. But uh, but Buddy Heald has been amazing. I mean, I mean he's, he's up he's, there with three point percentage, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's really really good. Twenty one points per game. Um, he's He's played most of the season. He, I don't, I don't think he's missed any games this season actually. Uh, so he's, he's, he's durable. He's coming out there. He's playing his best. Uh, the guys that I really was impressed with this year were guys like Harry Giles. I mean, this is a guy who was the best prospect out of high school. Had two devastating injuries in college. Came out and people had sort of given up on him. Uh, he's coming in now and he's not going to be. He's not going to be the cornerstone or even you know the number two, number three, number four guy on a on a good team, but he's showing it showing out there that he's a he's a big who has a good vision, uh, and he can he can make things happen. And then I and I think you know people look really far down on Marvin Bagley who probably didn't have as good of a rookie season as all the other top five six players. But he still he still proved that he got better throughout the season. He got more involved mm-hmm. um, before his in, before his injury, and he was his stats were just getting up there. And I think the future is bright for the kid. Well, Bagley doesn't even start, right? He wasn't starting, no. But right, well, right now he's out for the season. Right. Um, but uh, he wasn't starting when he when he was playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to finally see a team actually, you know, draft a, a top three player year in year out and actually finally pan out. I feel like there's been so many cases where we see a team draft, you know, players in the top five for several years, years in a row and still never seem to improve. And I'm looking right at the Cavaliers when I say that, uh, <laughs> who, who did nothing with, I think, four straight top five picks and couldn't do anything about it until LeBron until came LeBron back. Until LeBron came back, yeah. So it's just kind of refreshing to actually see it work out. And I guess um, I have to give the credit to the Sixers also, um, who are going to be my third team. Uh, because they essentially do the same thing as the Kings. Drafted tie year in, year out. Hit, hit on a couple of draft picks, finally. And I've actually built a team around them. And, you know, again, it's just one of those teams that just have so much talent. Um, and, and anybody can score 20 on any given night, at least on the starters. Um, yeah. And they're just a competitive team. And, of course, Joel Embiid, you never know how he's going to react to anything that goes off the court. Yeah, jo- I mean JoJo f- off, fun on the court, fun off the court. Uh, just last night he got into that uh, scuffle with uh, with Bledsoe. Uh, by the way, Chuck- by the way, when you watch that replay and you see that throw that Bledsoe um, when he throws the ball back at Embiid, you actually like hear a thump when it hits Embiid. So that was like a <laughs> that was a fastball back at Embiid. Yeah, Bledsoe is also another hothead. I I love 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 that he is okay being like the the villain in, 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 in any given series so like just like the guy that everyone hates uh, I just I really like I, I really like that you know just 
he gets under people's skin with what he says. Um, he got under Giannis's skin because he said that you know he's the most dominant player, the least unguardable. Um, and then you know he gets under uh, Andre Drummond's uh, skin all the time. And that's actually hope uh, that's that's the matchup that I'm really 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 hoping that happens: the Pistons, the Sixers in the first round. Because uh-huh. I would I'm just I just want to see what happens <laughs> when Drummond has to play and beat four to five times in a row. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very volatile, and I'm going to expect at least um, one or two ejections or suspensions from that series. I am very much looking forward to it. Um, I think my next one for number two, people may uh, be getting some fatigue from watching this team, but I still think that the way they play basketball, and especially this this year with the added layer of... Uh, uh, having a guy like uh, Demarcus Cousins uh, changing up like the pace of their game is uh, is is really uh, refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Golden State Warriors obviously are going to be my number two, and I think that this might be the last iteration that we've seen of this uh, this team for the last couple of years. I think Kevin Durant probably will leave this year, and I don't think anyone's going to be able to really stop the Warriors from winning the championship, except maybe the Rockets or maybe someone coming out of the East, but this team is just so much fun to watch. I mean, KD and Steph now finally getting heated. I, I don't love what they do with the refs, but it's showing that they have heart and that they, uh, they, they're they a little bit of, they're, they've become a little bit of complainers in terms of like not getting the calls their way, but, but they're going out there, they're fighting, and then it's really, really nice to see DeMarcus Cousins out there. I mean, we just saw it when they played the Nuggets. Um, KD gets ejected. DeMarcus Cousins sort of takes over that game. Um, and then on his way to the bench, he, he like looks over to see where Nikola Jokic is just as a, a spiteful thing to do because he held Jokic to, I think, 10 points and he had like 26 or something like that, which just goes to show you that he was a, he was a starter in the All-Star game last year and people have sort of forgotten about him uh, because of the Achilles injury. Yeah, the, war- um, the Warriors is just one of those teams where you know, the, the, those few weeks in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season where they're just not locked in, they are one of the worst teams to watch because it's so frustrating to know that this team has that much talent, yet they just can't execute. But then the nights where they actually kind of put it all together, right, the game against the the Nuggets, the game against um, the Lakers, the game against uh, the, what is it, the Timberwolves, right, when they're hitting these crazy shots because they're actually – trying to win and, and aren't so lackadaisical about whether they lose or not. Um, yeah. You know, it makes them one of the most fun teams to watch. And I think, you know, when they realize the Nuggets might actually give them a run for their money and take away home court advantage, um, especially given what almost happened last season um, against the Warriors and against the Rockets game seven. Um, I, I, I really love to see the Warriors actually come back and actually fight to keep home court advantage for the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think at this point they probably have locked it up as being the home court team. Uh, I, I think that their their pathway to the finals again, besides the Western Conference Finals and the finals themselves, is now looking really really bright. Uh, with um, probably having to play the Spurs in the first round, and then getting either uh, the Nuggets. Uh, I mean, sorry, then then either getting Portland or Jazz, who I think are both very uh, beatable teams. Portland because of all of their injuries and Jazz because they're a young team still trying to get their get their legs under them. Well, do you think the Nurkic injury is even that big for uh, for Portland? I mean, they have like five other big big guys on the on the bench who could essentially do the same thing that Nurkic can do. 
Yeah, so I think the problem with that was like, first off, Nurkic was having a career season. I actually think he was way better than McCollum this year. And the problem with the guys that they have on the bench, like they don't know how to play defense, right? They got Enos Cantor. We already know Enos Cantor is a great offensive player, uh, but can't but play a lick of... That's what Zach Collins for to play defense. Well, Zach Collins is also young and kind of small for his size. I don't really think he's going to be able to cut it out there with the other big guys in the in the Western Conference. I mean, you have either skill guys or will guys in the Western Conference, as, as Jalen likes to say, right? You got Jokic, who's a skill guy. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is kind of uh, this a skill guy as well. And then you got guys like Clint Capella who are will guys and Gobert who are, you know, maybe not great offensively, but really can shut you down defensively. And I don't think that either Cantor or uh, or Zach Collins can really do anything against those guys. So I think, yeah, I think losing Nurkic is, uh, I think, even worse than had they lost, uh, had they had they uh, ended up losing um, McCollum for the season. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, my number two, yeah, I'm running out of options here. Uh, I am going to have to go with my homegrown team, the New Jersey Nets, as a number two, just given the current definition of what we're defining as an exciting team. I always watch every single Nets game, as you know. Um, but I think just just when you look at what the Nets are doing, I think the entire league has taken notice. We have a all-star uh, point guard. We have an amazing bench. And I'm sure this is probably the only team that actually has a camera focused on the bench after every single shot just to see what the reaction is going to be. Um, and then, of course, we just have, uh, I feel like we have a very innovative front office that's always looking for players that typically don't fit other systems within the NBA. And we somehow kind of, you know, polish them up under our system. And, we, and it's just exciting to watch players that you never really got to see do anything on other teams and finally kind of flourish uh, with, with the Nets here. And that, I think two really good examples of that is Tamari Carroll, who kind of forgot uh, what he was able to do in Toronto when he went to Atlanta. Or was it the other way around? Other way around. Yeah, <laughs> other way around. Was... Regardless, he's been he's been uh, going around on teams and just not doing as well as he is now. Exactly, and the same thing with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he kind of had some good years early on with the Pistons and then uh, kind of bounced around for a little bit. I think he might have even ended up in the G League for a little bit and now he's this kind of like heat check guy that we have in the fourth quarter and I think it was maybe against the, the Rockets uh, a couple months ago where he hit like three potential game game winning shots back to back to back uh, so you know again for me the Nets always must see watch TV yeah I think I'm going to have to break our pattern and actually like the Nets were by and far the number one team that I like I, I hate to watch them but I love to watch them <laughs> Uh, oh, you're putting Nets I, number one. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, okay. I, and I know we're, we're supposed to pick 10 different unique teams, but I really can't. I mean, the Nets are all around, all around the most fun team to watch uh, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. I mean, they have young guys who are doing amazing. They have a guy like D'Lo and a guy like Karis LeVert um, who have taken big steps forwards in terms of their career. D'Angelo Russell is an amazing, amazing shooter. I mean, I can't... Uh, I would be I would be very very surprised if they let him walk at this point since he's going to be an upcoming free agent. Um, they got the guys like Joe Harris who obviously won the three point contest. Spencer Dim- Tim Witty, uh, the the very quiet guy in the center, Jared Allen. I mean these guys are all 
amazing. And what's even better is they have the perfect veteran support for them. I think that Jared Dudley is so great for this team. I don't know if you saw, but and I, I actually think I, you probably did see, but they were they all went to the G League final game mm-hmm. just to support their G League team. Like, mm-hmm. who does that from from an NBA <laughs> team taking out time and their busy schedule to go and watch their G League team? Like these guys are class acts. I think that they have the perfect veterans to nurture these young guys. I think D, uh, for Russell, this change of sp- going from the Lakers where. You know, he didn't have any support from what what he thought was the organization, but let alone like the veterans on his team to this team where he fits in perfectly. He's grown, he's matured, and uh, it's it's a shame that they have such a tough record, uh, such a tough schedule to at the end of the season, and they may miss the playoffs. But I think the future is bright for them. I would, if I were any free agent, I don't understand how New Jersey isn't, or sorry, New Jersey, sorry, Brooklyn isn't one of the teams <laughs> that they would want to go to with their culture being amazing and their their players being uh, uh, a step forward than they probably should be at this point in their career. Yeah, let me tell you, man, there is nothing more hype than watching a D-Lo heat check. I mean, those those rainbow threes that he hits every, every like it seems like almost every single game, it's like fourth quarter, we, we're down by like four or five points. We just need we just need some kind of spark on offense. And D'Lo coming off the screen, hitting a rainbow three, does it three times back to back to back, and I Man, there's nothing better to watch on TV than that. Uh, For sure. I mean, I don't. I don't even know who you could have as number one, but whoever you have as number one is wrong because the Nets are the most exciting team in the well, league. Well, in all honesty, I did want to put the Nets number one, but then I knew you would have probably just trashed me for picking up Homer as number one. So I, I kind of had to head my bet a little bit. But I guess you know we can't we can't talk about the NBA without talking about the Rockets and, and what James Harden's doing on a night to night basis. Um, I mean, you just have to turn on the game just to see how many points he has and whether it's going to be like 50 or 60 or 40 uh, because it seems like every single game that's how much he scored. Yeah, uh, James Harden is unreal. Uh, greatest, uh, you know, we grew up in the generation with uh, with Kobe being the greatest scorer and um, James Harden makes it look even easier than that. It's like taking Kobe and his amazing mid-range game and just making it <laughs> making it at the three-point line or at the at the at the... Uh, at the bucket I mean he's he is the number of moves he has for a guy who doesn't look that fast his first step is so quick mm-hmm. that he he loses guys I mean if you take a collection of all the plays this year where he made the defender look foolish it would still it would be like a movie length and he's strong too I mean there's so many guys who have that quick first step but then the moment they get into the paint they, they see the big guy and they back it out but he, he's strong enough that he can just kind of get through that content get to the rim and hopefully make it or even just get the the, the call um, but I mean I think I remember seeing a stat maybe it was like last month I think Paul George at the time was was second leading scorer and he might still be he had to have scored like 80 points a game for the rest of the season just to catch up to James Harden that, that, oh, yeah. that's the scoring prowess of James Harden and I think like two months ago I saw another stat that said if James Harden didn't score another bucket the rest of the season he would still average over 20 I mean, yeah. like that just blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, James Harden has put in, put in, put his team on his back most of the season while his his teammates sort of recovering from injury. Um, hopefully, not not so much so that when he gets into the playoffs, that he's huff, huffing and puffing and really isn't able to help lead the Rockets uh, 
to where they want to be, which I think at this point, for even even though they had all the injuries in the beginning of the season, everyone was like sort of looking down on them, down on their offseason moves. I mean, Daryl Morey, somehow, some way, he looks like a wizard every year because he makes these moves that don't completely make sense, but somehow by the end of the season, you're like, what the fuck? How did yeah. I not know about these? Um, and so I think that for them, the expectation is championship or bust. Uh, and I think that they are the greatest threat, east or west, uh, to the Warriors. I think if uh, I think that if the if they see the Warriors in the East Western Conference Finals, which I think it is going to happen, uh, they and they're healthy. I think that that's going to be a very very great series to watch. If they don't make it to the finals this season, is this the last time that they do they run it back with Harden Capella at CP3, or what do they have to do? Well, they have no choice. I think that they're not going to move Harden. The, I think Capella's a culture guy. I don't think that they're going to move him. He fits perfectly on that team. And I think that as Chris Paul ages, his contract becomes uh, less and less tradable. So I think they have no choice but to run it back. And um, the question won't be about those three. I think the question will start becoming about the other guys, the Eric Gordons on the team, uh, and th- those kinds of guys. Like, Do they want to keep bringing those guys back or do they want to change it up? But Honestly, I think the way that Chris Paul has been playing this year, uh, I think that if they stay healthy, um, or even if they get injured, I think that I would run it back if I were them. I think that they, I think that the timeline is much larger than I had expected at the beginning of the year when I when Chris Paul was coming off his injury. Or they could just do the the most logical move and just sign Kate, uh, KD. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I I think well, I mean. I think that if KD ended up going there, it would be the biggest snake move ever, right? <laughs> Just <laughs> no, no, come on, come on. <laughs> no, no. I mean, how perfect would it be if the Warriors lost in the Western Conference Finals and KD's like, hmm, last time I lost in the Western Conference Finals, what did I do? No, but, oh, yeah, I went to the team that I lost to, and then this time he's like, hmm, but this, I time, this time he has an excuse. He's just reuniting with his brother. You know, he's Oh, yeah, hard. you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I hope that happens. Now that you've mentioned it, you know, obviously, as the you uh, as as the sort of uh, tin tin hat crazy theory kind of guy in our friend group, uh, you would be the guy to bring something like that up, which I think is obviously not possible. But <laughs> well, no, it does think happen, about it. Guys. Think about it, though. Like Katie's been saying, money doesn't necessarily make him happy, right? He just wants to have fun playing basketball. Where else is he going to have more fun playing on a team that actively encourages? only taking three-pointers along with yeah, one of his best friends you're right you're right and the only thing that james harden is better at than scoring on the court is scoring at the strip club which i'm sure katie <laughs> would love to go to i mean katie is single so america you heard it first katie to houston confirmed <laughs> <laughs> all right man this uh this uh basketball season has been amazing great it's it's, it's very fun when we're talking about the best teams to watch are not necessarily the best teams in either division i mean we didn't mention uh the bucks and the raptors were also really really fun to watch um the nuggets are great to watch too but it's really nice to see that some of these teams that aren't going to make the playoffs they aren't just like the the tank teams the teams that aren't fun that aren't fun to watch because they're trying to lose there's teams there that are trying to win that are that have a lot of hope for the future and uh i hope to continue watching them even as the season dwindles without them benching all their guys yeah man i think that's all adam silver can hope for yeah exactly <laughs> all right dude until the next time when we start previewing the, the the playoffs and uh and then there's also another special podcast we have in store coming up soon
All right, bro. Catch you later. Later. See you.